what would everybody else like people need to experience this people need to know about this hi you can say stuff is Gordon, and I am soloing it today. Just me, no Clint or Steve, but I am with a good friend, longtime listener, constant shout out to uh, <laughs> Danny Seckford. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you from just different groups of friends down here, but what do you do? What do I do? Yeah. You're a like doctor, for right? a job? Yeah. yeah. For a I, job. <laughs> I have my PhD in computational biology, and I'm currently working on a postdoctoral fellow for that. Okay. And you also are known by some as the catechist scientist? Yes. What is that? So, first of all, I had the wonderful Gordon to help me come up with that name. But, yeah. <laughs> but the idea is that I'm someone who loves to learn about science, but I also love to learn about my faith. And so a catechist is someone who teaches about the faith. And so I thought they need to be brought together because a lot of people have this delusion that faith and science don't go together. And so I've created some media sources in order to help educate or just to talk about them in the same place. Yeah. And where did this like begin? to where it is now. So about two years ago, I, well, for the last five years, I've been helping out at a church nearby with their um, youth group. And two years ago, I was talking to the kids and I had a night specifically devoted to faith and science and specific topics about that. And the kids just latched on that they kept bringing it up for the whole rest of the year, bringing science back into it. And how does that play into our faith? And I realized that this is something they want and they need. And so for the last year and a half or so, I've been trying to come up with how to best serve the youth to bring this idea to more people rather than just the 30 or so kids that I serve right. a year. And as I was digging into this, it like struck me how important this is because I found that the number one reason people under the age of 25 leave the Catholic faith is because they don't think the things they learn in school agree with the things they learn at church. Yeah. And right now, what is it? It's a website. So right now I have a website that has a blog on it. And then I also have a few YouTube videos. One should be coming up soon. And then I also have a social media account where I post pictures or Twitter posts about different things (laughs) applying to science and faith. And I think the one thing that's hard with, I guess, anything like that, especially when it's starting out, is what it is isn't, like, what you ideally want it to be or see, right. see it. So what's the overall goal? Like, where do you want it to grow into if you could have it your way? <laughs> if I could do it my way, if everything worked out perfectly, I personally would like to help other catechists to catechize better. So I would want to go and work with youth ministers 
and talk to them about how they can include science in their teachings and how to even just mention it like as an aside. So something I've been doing with my church for the younger grades, not the grades that I teach, is they'll have their night all planned out. It'll have this topic. We're talking about it in this way. And I'll say, well, if you throw in this random analogy of how it is similar to science, just talking about it in that same space. And so I did that for all of their different nights for a whole year, and the teens really appreciated it. That's awesome. Yeah, science is so confusing <laughs> when, I think, just in modern day, contrasted with what's yeah. there. So that's really cool. For those listening, I don't know how this is going to sound ultimately, because I haven't edited it yet, but I feel like the last two episodes have been, we had the Game of Thrones one, which was just its own thing. <laughs> then me and, me and Steve Skyped in to each other and Skype always adds like this extra static to the conversation and now Steve when we when we Skype in he has a microphone and through untimely circumstances I wasn't able to grab it so me and Danny are huddled around one microphone and I know I it doesn't pick up super well so I'm just gonna have to like up the volume so I don't know how this is gonna sound but it's just kind of been a funny last few weeks of recording <laughs> you yeah you've listened to probably it's before I was even on so you know we usually start with like what have you been taking lately? Right. So have you been in taking media? Well, actually, you just got back from a cruise, right? Correct. Yeah, I went on an Alaskan cruise with uh, my husband, Nick's family. Shout out to Nick Seckford. He's a great husband. <laughs> <laughs> but we went on an Alaskan cruise, so I took history because we learned a lot about the gold rush and we learned about just different things that happened up in Alaska around that time. Um, and so like one of my favorite stories, which was the silliest story, was something called Dolly's Place, I think. Okay. But it was a place where men came to get women and alcohol during Prohibition and during... Like, to, like, wed? No. Okay. No, just okay. to be it. with. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the way they display it in this museum, she was... Dolly was this amazing businesswoman, even though the things she was dealing with right. were not as good. And the funny stories, and so, like, one of them was from the war they were trying to shut her down and so she had a going out of business sale oh my god and like put flyers up everywhere instead of like quieting her them trying to shut her down like right. made it even bigger and then they had this like trail Everything through must go <laughs> Okay. And they had like a trail through the woods that people would like come in through and it's right on the water and so when high tide would come they would bring a boat up under the building so that they could smuggle in alcohol. Oh. And so like there's all these crazy stories from a place I would have never visited. Right. <laughs> and so hearing that and then hearing about how miserable it was for the actual gold rush and how little I didn't anyone know there actually was got. a gold rush in Alaska. Yeah, so I think the actual gold, which was very little gold, was on the Canadian side. Okay. But they, like, traveled to this point in Alaska, and then there was only one trail that went up through Alaska to that spot. And so we hiked the first two miles of that trail. And all our tour guide gave us a challenge of, right. can you find anyone smiling in the photos from the gold rush? You can't. Because it was miserable and awful. And the number of people that left on the journey versus the number of people that made it versus the number of people that actually found gold is ridiculous. Okay. So I, I've been in taking history and knowledge. I feel and like there should be a new like, Oregon Trail game <laughs> named after whatever that the Gold, gold Rush, rush was. Trail. The Gold Rush. Was like the, the Alaskan 
the Chinuit Trail or something? The Chinuit Trail, exactly. There you go. Because it sounds just as <laughs> hard to beat. For sure. Cool. Anything else? As I told you before the show, I've also been in taking Blue Bloods. I've been binge-watching that wonderful Catholic cop show with my mom. <laughs> it's a Catholic show? The main family, which is what it all circles around, there's... The police commissioner, a detective, a cop, and a DA, or yeah. assistant DA or something, are all Catholic. Okay. And that. so they have Sunday dinners, and they pray before every dinner. And... Wow. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. It's probably been recommended. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they deal with a lot of stuff on that show, so I'm sure somebody's mentioned yeah, it before. Yes, it's, it's true. What did I, what have I done? I had this prepped, and then I remember. <laughs> oh, I watched Ralph Breaks the Internet. Oh, yeah? Last week. Think? It was good. I liked it a lot. I watched it as more of like a, a fallback for last week in case we did one on Ted Bundy and I didn't know if that would work as a podcast. So <laughs> yeah. I was like, it doesn't work on this or this week in case we couldn't meet up. Mm-hmm. So I had that as a fallback episode and I liked it. It was, it was really fun. And I think that's about it. We started a new book as a team for my mission called Re- Reimagining the Ignatius Examine. But most of the book, it's like 60 pages. Every page is just a different variation of the examine. Hmm. So it's not really like I'm reading it. Right. But I'm like doing a different examine each night. And I just started that, so I don't want to have much like to say <laughs> on it. But that's like that's like the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. I've been really busy doing other stuff. So yeah. And then I did watch so un unlike most of our guests on the show, <laughs> usually we usually they have something that they do. So we had like the clothing person who has clothing or like different things that like they do that we interviewed them about. Or we just like bring them on to, and we pick the topics. And we had Chris on. We picked Tol- Tolkien, and you actually pick something, right? And I watched that yesterday. But before we get into that, how how did you come to what you wanted to talk about? Because like I said, no other guest has picked something. <laughs> so I've been talking to you guys for a while about wanting to come on the show, mm-hmm. and so I was actually reading another book called Faith Across the Multiverse, and so it has different chapters on different topics in science, so like chemistry, biology, computer science, and makes analogies of how it fits with faith. So kind of a lot of what I want to do, right. but not from a Catholic standpoint, <laughs> just from a Christian standpoint. Okay. So there were a few discrepancies, but one of the topics that he talked about what when he started talking about mathematics was people in, or not just people, characters in media and how they're portrayed if they're scientists. Mm. And he had a couple of different examples that I really liked, but the main theme was that they're not portrayed well. You can't have faith and science. You can have one or the other. And there was really only one person who had both. And that was even kind of sketchy because it's Indiana Jones. And so it's not that he had faith. He had all the science, he had all that backing, but he had the respect for yeah, faith. Yeah, the appreciation, the appreciation for religion and stuff. Right. Yeah. And so, other than that, so like one of the people he mentioned is the episode you did that I suggested on House. Right. And how he had such an issue with faith. And then another one they mentioned was Beast from X-Men. Oh, yeah. So he's the general scientist person for the X-Men. And he said that in one of the comics, they actually... Or actually, in a lot of the comics, they go to different multiverses that have the actual gods, and they meet gods, and yet he still doesn't believe in the supernatural. Like, even though he's physically seen it, he's like, but that's not science. Mm-hmm. And so, they were just showing this discrepancy, and in that chapter, they talked about a movie called Contact, and I had never heard about it. Um 
but this made me want to look up general movies that include science and faith. And at every single one of the lists I look at, whether it was an atheist website that was promoting these movies or whether it was a Christian one, the number one movie on all the lists was Contact. And so I was like, okay, I guess this is the one we're doing. This is what we have to talk about. Okay. Yes. So I watched Contact. It's like a 1997 film with Matthew McConaughey and Jodie Foster and other people. (laughs) Yeah. What? Did you like it? I loved it so much that I bought the movie, which is how you were able to watch it. So actually, I wasn't able to watch it. Oh, really? With Yeah, because Kevin and Sarah have a Blu-ray player, and last night Kevin was watching TV, mm-hmm. and so when I was watching, because I think it was during like the second soccer game, Okay. and he was watching those, and I, I could have gone out and like, like, can I watch this? And he probably would have been fine, but my I have like a little DVD player I can hook up to my computer. It doesn't play Blu-ray. Mm. So I tried. didn't work. And then I found it was on Amazon Prime. Okay. So you can watch this on Amazon Prime. But I did watch it. It is really good. There's too almost too much in it. Yes. Like, Agreed. It's not only like faith and science, but just like subtle themes or strong themes of faith just written in the dialogue. Aliens. Yeah. All the things. Afterlife. I don't know. There were so many times that I was watching with Nick and I like screamed because I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like <laughs> the different ways that both sides are portrayed. I was just like, Ugh! <laughs> I was so mad at different parts, but like, that's how people really think. And so it was very well portrayed and but it was so frustrating. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Watching the movie before we break it open. I mean, I guess you wanted to do it because it's on top of everyone list. But watching the movie, why? And you don't have to hold back any spoilers. Why did you want to, like, okay, this is it. I'm, I'm, me and Nick just watch this, and I'm going to send this to Gordon, and we're going to do this movie. So I was actually really hesitant when I started watching it because every movie I've seen of Matthew McConaughey is like a chick flick, yeah. and he's that dumb surfer guy. And so when I heard he was the main, like, faith-based character, I was like, ooh, this is not going to look good for us. I don't know if this is what I want to do. And even with that, the first, like, 15 minutes, he's portrayed as this guy who sleeps around and isn't used to be a priest or a pastor and yeah. then kind of fell out of it. And I was like, yep, this is going to be rough. I don't I don't know if this is going to be good. But then as the movie played out, just how well-balanced. They had the science side, they had the faith side, and then Matthew McConaughey actually ended up being the person in the middle who had all this faith, who was very well-grounded, but still who appreciated science, but understood that science wasn't God. And so seeing their amazing portrayal and the way that they were so balanced in their telling of this story, I was like, we have to do this. This has to be it. Yeah, and... Yeah, in the beginning, it was pretty rough. <laughs> one of my favorite lines, and I, I've told this to Lizzie after I was watching it, was when she was like, you're, you're a priest? And I was like, no, like I learned this. I, I went to seminary, but couldn't really handle the celibacy thing. <laughs> and he was like, so I guess, I guess you could call me a man of cloth <laughs> without the cloth. And I was like, what? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't really know how to approach this. So in the beginning... Okay, in the beginning, she's we see her as a little girl. Right. So, I already said it, but we're, we don't have her contact. Um, in the beginning, she's a little girl, and she's with her dad, and he has kind of an 
I guess it's just a regular radio. Right. Um, like communication device. And she, he's taught her how to like go through the frequencies to reach out to people. And she does. And they're connecting just random radios and figuring out where they're from on like the map of the U.S. Correct. And I, I don't know if it doesn't say. I'm, I'm sure he only had her frequencies within the U.S. But she connects with Florida, which is the farthest frequency she had met. Because I don't remember where they were. I don't remember. It, it would show it on the map, but I, yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> but it was the farthest one away from them at the time. They only had connected to like two or three of the spots. And you could tell she was just, she had this hunger for like the mystery and like the unknown and like the distance of things and that idea. And soon her and her father eventually start like talking about life on other planets. And she sneaks out when she's asleep. To see if she can, like, reach, like, an alien or, or something. And I think that kind of sets the tone for her character. Do you have anything to say on, like, that intro scene on your own? You have notes. I don't have any notes. I'm running <laughs> in with what I remember from the movie. So, I don't know if it's 100% from this first scene because it kind of they come fine. back to it later on. Yeah, that's cool. But it's not even this mis- this need to understand the mystery of distances, but to have a connection. Yeah. And that she wants someone to talk to. Because at this point, her mom has died. Mm -hmm. And it's found out later that not only does she feel lonely, does she need this connection, but she's her thirst for science and her thirst for a better way to communicate is because she wants to be able to communicate with the dead. She wants to be able to talk to her mom again. And she's not able to do that. And so she's like, well, then I'm going to communicate with anyone else and everything else that I can. And so that need to talk to someone and to have that connection with something like this was one of those moments that I yelled at the screen. I was like, it's called prayer. (laughs) (laughs) It's true because in the movie from then on, she grows up. It's, it's interesting that you said like the desire to become better at communicating. I think she like excels and builds a better radio. Right. And that's like one of her things in school before she graduates. But the rest of the time, even though she want, just wants to talk to someone, she doesn't want to, in this movie, she's not trying to talk to anybody on Earth. Correct. She really wants to talk to just, like, something else in the same sense of, like, making contact for whatever, well, lack of better words. She wants to, she says it a whole bunch, she also wants to, like, make history. Like, yeah. if that's possible, what does this mean for the world? But I do agree. I think the more it unfolds, the more we see, like, it is really for her. Because mm-hmm. I know you said one side of it, but we also learned that her dad has passed away. Yes. Eventually. And also, and at just at also a young age. So I think her mom passed at birth, and then her dad passed away when she's like nine. Yeah. And in that scene, that's not until later that you see that she goes back and she's on the radio trying to connect with him. And then she meets, well, there's so much stuff in this movie. <laughs> she goes to, whoa, where was it? She's somewhere in either Central or South America. Yeah. She's in like, yeah, I think it is in one of the South Americas. And that's where this giant, like, satellite, she's being funded on this project. There's like four different projects being funded down there. But very quickly, that all gets pulled. Because the guy that she works for wants science to be practical. It's like, science is practical. It's not like we can just do anything and, like, just throw something out there in the dark and hope for the best. But we need, we need, like, sound results, and I think the one thing he says is results that make money. Yes. 
He's um, all about the money. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about that when it comes to science? So, as someone who is a basic scientist, which for those of you who aren't scientists, I am not doing any kind of research that directly applies to medicine. I'm not curing cancer. I am doing the very first base research that then 30 years down the road, someone will take and then someone will take their research and then someone will take their research. And then maybe you can have a cure for something that I've never even thought of. And so my science does not produce money. It is not anything that's flashy. Right. But it's still so necessary to get to those higher places. And so you have to have this basic research. And a lot of people don't understand that. Even for, I went to school at a med school. And so part of our project, we had to show how it applied to medicine. And all of my professors were basic science guys. And so they kind of checked the box and laughed and was like, yeah, it doesn't really, but you included it in your presentation. Good job. (laughs) So I am totally on Jodie Foster's side of this that like, no, we need to learn for knowledge itself, not necessarily to make money. (laughs) Right. And it makes me think of like, since I guess it's called it basic science. Yeah. It really sounds like a foundation. That's what it is. Yeah. And so like, for, I guess, in this, her boss's eyes, for science to make money, or if we think about that spiritually or scripturally, for something to bear fruit, we need to start with, like, a solid foundation and something to work up to where the fruit can be produced. Um, and so if we, if he, which he doesn't want to invest in that in this film, he, like, pulls it, pulls the plug and just wants the other, eventually he's going to, like, you know, it's like wringing a towel and running out, and he's not going to have anything that will make revenue because he doesn't have basic science right. at the bottom. Yeah. It's really interesting. So, yeah, he pulls the plug on her project. She meets Matthew McConaughey, who is a ex-seminarian who's there because he's studying and writing a book on, like, how science or how, like, certain research studies affects culture. How science and technology affect third world. Right. Because they're in like a little third world area. Right. Kind of like shoving in all this money in these certain places to build technology, like that satellite study. And he wants to know like, is that affecting the people around? Are they benefiting, disbenefiting? Is the culture changing? Which I'm sure it would. They have a weird thing where they connect, but she doesn't really want to stick with it. I don't know if it's because he brings up her dad or if she's just like I made a mistake and then she goes off and self-funds her own in Arizona. I think so. I think it's Arizona. Um, it's cool if you don't know. But I, I, know, just, I know I know, I know those satellites. I just know she gets my notes say she gets named the priestess of the desert. That's right. So she's in a desert. She's in so a I think desert. it's Arizona. <laughs> I think it's Arizona. It might be New Mexico. And, in, and you've probably s- you've seen those where it's like the field of the tons of white satellites. Um, I think that really exists. Mm-hmm. And she's there now having being funded by like one donor. She doesn't even know who on this same project where they're trying to reach out and contact an alien, essentially. Or like in, your, in the way you put it, like she's praying in her way, scientific way of prayer. And it's funny because just like in prayer or just like in this, we see between her and she has her friend who's blind, who's like helping her in this whole endeavor, doubt like creeps in over and over again. I think he 
stops and eventually is like, we need to like be realistic. Like this is for not. And I think the same thing can happen when we, when we pray, if we're not either for her, she's just like, I'm doing this because what if, if, if I hear something that would be tremendous. And I think um, there's something to be said in like her fortitude in that, but she's still lacking some of the other virtues of just like, there is an if, but she's not going to give up. And I think we can give up in prayer if we pray and we don't hear anything. Um, and sometimes that's going to happen. Sometimes we don't allow ourselves to hear anything. But what did you have things on like prayer within this movie? Because I know you, you brought that up when you said you yelled at the screen. <laughs> yes. When it comes to prayer, there's a lot of times where we can not hear anything for long periods of time. And then we... So in this case, she hears it and then everybody else gets really excited about it. And so it's in that sense, you have your desert experience. But then mm. she, as soon as one person has a miracle happen to them or has their prayer answered and you can just see the joy that they're filled with, that it emanates to the people around them. And so that's the same with this, that everyone else is so excited about this thing that she's found, this connection that she's had. And I see that so often in people's prayer lives that once they have that moment, once they hear God or experience God, that they just want to tell everybody about it. And then everyone around him is like, that's so amazing. That's so wonderful that you've had this communication. Yeah. I just realized, like, I'm just going to explain the plot real quick. The rest of the plot. Okay. Because looking at the time now and how, like, where we are in the movie. <laughs> so, to fast forward, guys, she, like, like Danny just said, she hears something. Turns out it is an alien message. They decode it. And these aliens have sent blueprints for a spaceship to send one human to their planet through some unfortunate events. She ends up going on not the first attempt, but the second attempt. And she makes it to the planet, meets these aliens. They appear like people that she knows. So it looks like her father. She comes back. And then on our end, on like the real world end, it looks like like what she experienced, which was like 18 hours of events happened in like a split second. And so they don't think it happened. It doesn't look like it happened. Never thought it was like a failure. And she explains what happened. No one believes her. She goes into like science court and she's left to her word. And that's the end. And like, it's just this turn of events because she's very scientific with factual versus like the faith and someone's word. And that's kind of like the movie. So. Well, if I can talk on that last point of her needing proof versus faith. Yes. So this is many of the times I yelled at the screen is because she says she's all about proof and that that's the only thing that matters. But over and over again, she goes on faith. And so like one of the times she's being interviewed and she says that they must know what they're doing. And Matthew McConaughey says, well, how do you know? And she says, all it takes is a, and Matthew McConaughey a little faith. And she's like, no, a sense of adventure. It's like, no, but it also takes a little faith. (laughs) And then earlier in the movie, she discredits Matthew McConaughey because she's like, well, why do you have faith? And he's like, well, I had this experience. I had this moment that I can't really explain, but it was so powerful to me specifically. And she's like, well... 
what proof do you have that that actually happened or that that was God or anything like that? And he doesn't have any because you can't prove that. And then when she goes and meets the aliens and she has her quote unquote experience, she has no proof. proof. So it's kind of this now she's on the the shoes on the other foot that she's had this experience. She has no proof, but she knows it's real. And so it makes her think and it makes the audience think, well, maybe Matthew McConaughey's shouldn't have been discredited because his experience could be just as real. Right. Yeah. And that faith plays into more than one thing, too, because, like, she has faith in this... What? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I just yeah. had uh, Interrupt. another instance is when they make contact, they're talking with the government about whether they should go up or not. Hmm. And all of the world basically is like, no, the aliens are going to kill us. And she's like, no, they're going to be great. Like if they are so much smarter than us to come up with all these things, they must want peace. And they're like, well, how do you know that? She's like, I don't. I, I just, and this is like one of those faith moments. You have to trust and you have to believe. Well, I think her backwards argument in that scene was like, we don't have any ill intent towards them. Like, we're not trying to go there to destroy them. So, if they're, like you said, if they're more advanced, why would they be going out of their way to try to try to destroy us? So, like, she was almost saying, like, we're, we have to be the same. And she was basing that on faith, but yeah. But then another funny point was the government's response to her was that when they're talking about whether they're evil or not, the government's like, well, we don't even know if they believe in God. Right. It's like, yeah. does that make you a good person? Because they had this government <laughs> figure who was super, like, right-wing and, like, God-heavy. It was, like, discrediting this, like, whole thing. Because there was a lot of, that was also an interesting thing. We had Matthew McConaughey, who was, like, faith-based, but, like, outside of religion. Yes. And then we had the religion people. Oh, they were crazy. And, yeah, they <laughs> ended up being, like, terrorists. Yeah. And, and, um, they blew up the first ship. They did. And, yeah, so it was, like, a whole other thing of just, like, definitely a clear message from this movie of, like, structured religion versus faith. And, or, yeah, and I think we've talked about that in other episodes where, like, that doesn't necessarily stand or make sense. But there was also another thing in this theme of faith and science or proof and it's said once with between Matthew McConaughey and her, and then again when she's on the stand. And it's the argument of the, the something razor. Occam's razor. Occam's razor. Right. Which is... So Occam's razor says that if you have two different explanations for the same thing, the simplest answer is the correct answer. Right. That why would it be this crazy abstract thing if it could just be this simple way? Right. She explains that to Matthew Kane as far as, like, God not existing. It's it's more simple to explain that than it is to explain that he does exist without, like, this proof. And he tries to, he's like, well, do you love your father? And she's like, yeah, yeah, sort of prove it. And we never get to see an answer. And that's kind of another theme of the movie. They never, like, answer anything, which right. is also pretty great. Yes, which is why it was on both atheist and Christian sides, as right. it leaves it open. Uh, but then... They pose the same thing to her when she explains this experience with these aliens that happened. She has no proof. And they're like, is it more, it's more simple to say that this whole thing was a hoax or you like had a delusion, you dreamt it up than it is for us to believe that you went all the way there, met these aliens and came back with like no shred of evidence. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. How do you feel you being the catechist scientist? How do you feel about and being a scientist and then someone like someone that's Catholic and has faith? How do you feel about like this idea of proof? How does that play into your work and then your your faith? In a number of ways. So in science, we as a human race know a whole lot. But I, Danny Seckert, only know so much of it. And the rest of it, I have to take on faith that those scientists did their science correctly. They didn't abuse the system. They didn't edit any of the results. Mm. And that I take it on faith because most of the time it's been replicated. And so there is more proof, but I still didn't physically do it myself. And so it's very similar in the Catholic faith that there's books and books and books on what the Catholic Church actually believes. And I've only read so many of them. And the rest, I have to trust that the people that are teaching me know what they're talking about. Right. And so, yes, proof is extremely important. And if we can prove something, that's phenomenal. But there's so many things in this life that we can't prove. Or in science, there's so many things that we haven't proven yet that for now we take on faith that it happens somehow. Um, but there's always going to be things we don't know because we didn't physically do them. We didn't physically test it. We were just told. And like in my scientific studies, it's been very fascinating what you're taught in a science class at like a high school level and how much of that is still good science and how much of it has been disproven Mm. because we have better tools. Now we have better measurements and I was like, no, I was taught that. And they're like, no, it was disproven like 20 years ago. (laughs) How is it still in a textbook? And so as much as I think proof is extremely important and when we do prove things that people should listen to them, there will always be things we can't prove. And I think that that's important to keep in mind, whether you're a person of science or a person of faith. Do you think everything could be proven over time? Like you said, you just said we don't certain things, we get better equipment. Certain more things are found out, uh, theories become actual laws, or vice versa. So I think there will always be some things that we can't prove. And so one of the things that we can't prove is infinite things. Mm. Because if it's infinite, you can never get to the end of things. Right. So how do you know if it's infinite or not? Right. Things like that that are a paradox that you can't prove them. And so there will always be things that you can't prove, but... There are a lot of things that are just, we haven't proven it yet. Yeah. Okay. Do you have anything? I have like two things, but I know you have notes, so I don't want to like miss anything that you want to. Um, the one I have here is when he's being interviewed on a TV show hmm. and the interviewer says, so because he's doing his study of how technology and science affects the culture right. and says, well, are you anti-technology or anti-science? And he says, no, but he says, are we happier now that we know more, now that we have greater technology? Is this actually filling that hole? And I think that kind of plays into a lot of our current culture and how we're like, oh, I just need that new thing. Oh, I just need to be on this social media or have Mm -hmm. this many likes. And it doesn't fulfill us. It leaves that hole even bigger. And we are so much more lonely than we used to be. And... This was in 97, before any of this type of technology we had was ever invented, and that idea still holds. I am all for the pursuit of knowledge through technology, through science. I think it can be really beneficial, but we can't base our whole lives around it. We can't say that that 
is going to fulfill us when nothing can fulfill us other than God. Yeah. And also, now, you know, it's funny when we talk about these things and you're like, wow, I didn't connect that watching movie. Like that statement in contrast to her trying to reach out to, you know, using this project to reach out to an alien because she's trying to fulfill this hole of loneliness because of her parents Mm -hmm. without knowing, you know, she's almost running this once again on faith. If she even did contact her parents or even an alien, if that would fulfill anything at all, right? She could actually do this. It could become a big thing. And then in the end, she's like, no way that hole's still there. Yeah. What I, what I liked was the scene when right after the religious terrorists like blew up the first one. So she was actually going to go mm-hmm. and he was trying to talk her out of it. Yeah. Cause like, he loves her. Big spoiler. still is a <laughs> rom-com. And he's trying to figure out why she wants to go. Like if she could die, if, you know, and like, I, forget, I don't, I wish I wrote it down, but she says something to the point of like what this could mean for the world. If one person died for that, That'd be incredible, incredible. And I was just like, that's Jesus, right? Like yeah. Jesus died for what it meant to all of us. And she's almost trying to strive to like be that person if that's what it takes. Right. So the notes I have say she's searching for meaning and that it must be worth more. That the pursuit of benefiting all of humanity is worth her life. And that knowing that meaning, knowing what we know about aliens and having that betterment of society is worth her life and worth giving it up. Yeah. And I think like, you know, I really, it's just super challenging when she said that, you know, cause I, you know, I, you hear that all the time. Like, would you die for your faith? But it's also just like, would you die for like your, your passion? Like she was super passionate about this had nothing to do with faith, heaven or hell. But she was willing to still, like, die for it. Right. It and wouldn't benefit her in any way. No. Like, when we do it, there's still that little bit of selfishness that bit. maybe it'll get us to heaven or right. faster. But for her, there's no benefit to her other than if it works that she also knows. But if she dies for it, it'll still better society to have known that it didn't work. Or and Yeah. It makes me think of, like, all the things that I do for fun, the hobbies I enjoy, other passions I have outside of my faith and I'm like would I die for those things no I don't know <laughs> probably not there's very little <laughs> but yeah that was one and then when she met the alien mm-hmm. so the alien appeared to her as her father and said just because like, we don't want to freak you out we feel this easier for you and then she's like now what he's like well now you go home she's like but people need to like like, like know and like they're not going to know if they don't see this like she knew that but the one thing he says is like no, don't worry about it. Like, this is how it's been happening for billions of years. And, you know, I thought about like the Old Testament through the New Testament and how like there was always one person who received the vision or met God in some form. And there wasn't the group of people. It was like that person. And then they had to tell the other people. And for billions of years, it's how it's been happening. And it's like we can, you know, we can sometimes experience something. We can have our, our, chance to experience Christ, uh, whether it's at a conference or any small way, and we're like, wow, someone makes sense to experience that. And it's like, well, no, you just need to go now share it best you can. And then like goes this, this call to evangelization is just like, and also like the, the way that God works so slowly, like 
Like, they will. They will experience this, but not right now. Be patient. I'm not in your time, but my time. And it was like this really interesting take on that. How did you... Did you... So, I want to tie that back to earlier in the movie. Yeah. When she says that... it. So, once she's already made contact, she says, if this is all theological in nature, it would have been something like a burning bush or mm. a big voice in the sky. And... That's right. Matthew McConaughey is like, it is a big yeah, voice in like, the sky. Yeah, he's like, but you did hear a big voice right. in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> and so... A lot of times we do, so like you said, those experiences at conferences, those big moments, and they're not always that. Sometimes it is that one-on-one interaction, but if you have any interaction, you need to share, you need to evangelize. Once you have that realization that this is a real thing, that it's now your responsibility to go out and share that. Because as you said, that's just how God works. He speaks to one person in all these different times over the history of the world, and we have to acknowledge that and accept that. Yeah. And I think what you just quoted about her being like, you know, if it was this way, then it would happen this way is also a perfect example of like how we miss how God works. Because it's like, you know, it would have been like this. And that's like, but that's exactly what you just said, what what you're experiencing. And like, we can miss that in prayer. Like if if God was going to answer that, he'd answer it this way, this way. And he does answer it, but we miss it. Or I imagine that could also happen in science. If they're so blindsided to the results they're looking for, but they're getting other results. Well, that's, you see, nowadays where they find this cure for disease B that we already had for disease A, but we weren't looking for it to cure B. We were only looking at how does this cure affect A. Mm. And so if we're so focused on this one thing, we don't see the larger benefits. Right. Yeah. Can we finish with this? We can. We can close with... This quote, like my life right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I have some things to say about that too. Great. <laughs> Do you want to? You want to explain it? His so, name is Palmer, by the way. We keep saying Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> I don't know what his first name was, but uh, I don't remember. That's cool. But yeah, at the very end of the movie, when he's talking to her, he says, "Our goal is the same: the pursuit of truth." And I don't know how many thousands of times when I'm talking to people about faith and science, I'm like, we're going after the same goal. Like if something is true, then it'll be true from a faith perspective or true from a science perspective because truth can't negate truth. Like if it's true, it'll always be true. And so the fact that, so that was one of the times I yelled out in like joy. I was (laughs) like, yes, finally (laughs) someone who understands. Um, Because that's, Like, my entire mindset about the catechist scientist is that we're going after what is true, whether we go at it from faith or from science, and to acknowledge that both of them are. Do you have the same goal? Is a huge first step to see that neither one of them has some misguided, like, evil plot that it's going through. It's just like, no, I'm going after what's true. I'm just going after it a different way. Right. The only thing I was, when, when he said that, I feel like it tied up both of their stories. Yes. So, like, when you, when you, if you go back and you watch the movie and you watch her, mostly her story, because that's most of the thing, with that description, it's like, what is she chasing? Well, hers is truth, whether it's the truth of, my parents are actually gone. I'm never going to see them again. Or the truth to, do aliens exist? Yes or no? I just need to know. Um, not sure if they didn't exist, she'd probably never find that truth in her lifetime to 
anything else. And then his was like the same truth of just God exists. People need to know that. Or even the truth to science technology negatively affect third world countries or positively affect third world countries. Like there's a truth to everything. And ultimately we're just trying to like turn those rocks to find it. But as we see in this movie, that takes time. And as we explained earlier, that takes in, in the end, like faith. We can't have that without faith. We can have it with facts, but still faith. Yeah. Anything else? I don't think so. Cool. It was a good movie. It was such a good movie. I know. I want to watch it again. <laughs> I'm down. Did, did you like it? It is a very good movie. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey, pleasantly surprised. Oh, yeah. I do have another thing. Yeah. So, back to me being surprised that Matthew McConaughey was in a serious movie and in a serious role. Uh, one of my friends that definitely doesn't listen to your podcast so shout out to tommy ballo anyways hey. <laughs> he is a huge matthew mcconaughey fan and so he actually showed me a clip from some festival where matthew mcconaughey was being interviewed and they say you know after x date like all you were in was these fluff movies why did you choose this movie and there was one other that was right around that time mm. and he was like because that story needed to be told. And so I found out that he actually, when he was in college, studied theology and science and studied how they went together. And so when he was brought this script, he's like, yes, I need to be a part of this because this story needs to be told. And so I was like, that that's makes me respect you a little more. <laughs> that's why I did such a good job in the movie. You can right. tell like he seemed... Have you ever seen Interstellar? Mm-mm. Isn't he? He's in Interstellar, right? Is it him? I think so. I thought so. That's all I kept thinking about when I watched this movie. <laughs> so I was like, wow. Because he goes to space. It's mm-hmm. not, there's no alien stuff. But there's also this weird, like, timey, like, when she's going through the wormhole. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of that. And then, like, just the weird, yeah, it's him. And so that's a serious movie. But it's more, more recent. Do you think you have a challenge for our listeners? So one challenge. I think, oh, you weren't there last night. I was not. It's just some of the young adult group that we attend. So, Nick, what was... Oh, distractions. They were talking about what in your life distracts you and Ooh. trying to give it up for a week or so. And so, going back to his talk about science, technology, it's wonderful, but does it actually make you happier? Look at the things in your life of science and technology, whether it's your phone or TV or your computer or things like that, and say, does this make me happier? Does this make my life better? And if it doesn't to cut it out for a week yeah cool well then you gave your, your two shout outs I don't really have any so where can they find you you mentioned your website and social media where, where is that all so at? my website is pretty simple yeah. since I am the catechist scientist it's www.catechistscientist.com mm-hmm. pretty simple and then my Twitter and my Instagram are at IST squared. So that's because both the words catechist and scientist ends in IST. And there's two of them. And I'm a nerd. So I said IST squared. Is that squared spelled out? Yes. Okay. S Q U A R E D. Yes. And all of that will be down in the show notes. You know where to find us. We have a website, social media. That'll also be in the show notes. If you like what we do, if you want to support, 
anything with, with a Patreon as well. Anything else? I think that's it. Cool. Thank you so much for being on. Yeah. Sorry it took so long. <laughs> Thank you for the recommendation. And guys, we will see you next week.